Welcome to the Rap Knuckles podcast, episode 28. In this week's episode, we discuss the fallout from Josh Taylor versus Jack Catterall, as well looking forward to UFC 272. Good to be back. Let's get it done. Episode 28, the long-awaited return of the Wrapped Knuckles podcast. Hi, Sammy. How you doing? I'm all good, mate. How are you? Yeah. Uh, just enjoying family life and enjoying dad life, really. Uh, How wholesome. Can I just say, you probably hear my baby scream and blue murder at the moment because he's cranky because he has to go to his bed. Even at 11 weeks old, he's got us uh, running around him. It's mad. Yeah. I right. wonder if I can I actually last night I just want to point out before we begin the pod, um, I showed him on the iPad, uh, Nick Diaz versus Paul Daly. I have <laughs> never seen wide eyes like that from him. Uh, so I, I actually think he's he's either a Nick Diaz fan or he's going to be a fight fan, and I yeah. hope it's the latter. It's going to love horror films when he grows up as well. I mean, just all <laughs> blood and gore. He's not going to flinch. <laughs> Uh, so look, and since we last did the pod, there's it's been a bit of an eventful time in the world of combat sports, to say the least. Mm. Uh, where should we begin? Let's let's start with last Saturday's uh, title bout for the lightweight unification between Josh Taylor, my countryman, and Jack Catterall. Right. Let me start by saying. As a proud, proud Scotsman and a big admirer of Josh Taylor, uh, and it's not his fault. Let's let's be straight up here. He could have handled things a little bit differently post fight, um, but you know, at the end of the day, he's not going to say he's, he he lost. He definitely lost, and he agrees with everybody else. Let's be honest, right? But uh, I'm absolutely black affronted that that took place in Scotland, and I am embarrassed and feel terrible for a night what we should be talking about a night in which Jack Cartrell proved above all else that he deserves to be in the elite world. And yes, it was an off night for Josh Taylor and one which I feel he was a shadow of himself, but we should be talking about the night that this was Jack Cartrell's coming out party and announcement to the world. And instead we're going to talk about how, uh, he was absolutely robbed. And make no mistake, this was a robbery. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was hard to watch. And, and I think, it, you know, it really pisses me off. There's a few things to address in terms of... It's not Josh Taylor's fault. No. I, I like Josh Taylor, you know what I mean? As you said, he could have handled himself better, but really, what do you expect them to say? Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he tried his best. He thought he won the fight fair play. But... I mean, with, with Jack Catterall, I've seen a lot of people like, talking to you, Dan Raphael, especially. You just <laughs> seem to have fallen off a cliff since he left actual mainstream sports. Yeah. Uh, fight Freaks Unite! Well, <laughs> like, saying how, you know, just completely, you know, for a hot take to try and be controversial and just, you know, oh, no, it was a close fight, it was a close fight. It wasn't a close fight. Wasn't. Jack, Jack Catterall won that fight. Yeah. And it annoys me that... Look, all right, he maybe did slow down a little bit towards in the second half of the fight. He was still outlanding Josh Taylor in the rounds. 
And even though he, he built up enough currency in the bank there within that first six rounds to maybe take his step up, his foot off the gas and then nick a couple. Yeah. But I hate all this dialogue of, no, you've got to take the belt. Oh, fuck off. And, and it's nonsense. And this was something in with like the Izzy Whitaker fight the other yeah. week. Uh, like, yeah. I thought Izzy won that fight. But it was a close fight. Uh, Izzy winning in three rounds to two, you know what I mean? And it was, yeah. you, you know, you wouldn't, have, if that would have gone the other way, I wouldn't have been like, oh my God, that's a robbery. Yeah. yeah. And it's this notion of you've got to take the belt. You've got to absolutely, you know, win every round or flatten someone on the back. Boxing doesn't work like that. No. And now Jack Catterall, if you're in, where'd you go from here? Because how easy could it be to fall out of love with the sport? That That's the pinnacle on Saturday. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Going into the champ's backyard, sold out arena, all the marbles on the line. And now Jack, Josh Taylor will move up. You know, it's there's never going to be, well, there's not going to be an undisputed champion in that division for maybe a few years again now. Yeah. You... you it, it just left a sour taste in everyone's mouth, I think, watching that. Yeah. I mean, look, I I could say here and now, I scored the fight that um, by the Jack Catterall had eight rounds for me against Josh Taylor's four. And I actually think I'm maybe being uh, quite nice to Josh Taylor on that. Um, I, I think that at the end of the day, Jack Catterall fought out of his skin. He boxed absolutely fundamentally masterfully even scoring a knockdown and you know how the judges this is i mean this is the thing i was saying to you on saturday night right where are the judges getting 114 to 111 right even even if you you're on josh taylor and you're biased and you've got his the you know the the, the josh taylor tinted glasses on right you cannot tell me he scored three rounds more, including getting a point deducted. I know they both got a point deducted. There was a 10-8 round in that. <laughs> like, where are you seeing that Josh Taylor somehow won nine rounds? Like, where? Show me. Doesn't make any sense. It's inept judging. And, like, I, I, and I know that, that, you know, we've had banter back and forth about, you know, Carl Smith, John Ryder uh, before. I felt that John Ryder that night truly you know proved himself to be elite and he, he he fought out of his skin and he didn't get the the judge's decision because it was in Liverpool etc that is up that's actually the Jack Catterall fight is worse because you I could see why the judges might score it for Smith in those rounds Jack Catterall like you said landed the heavier shots like was masterful there was volumes of punches and it was only the last 10 seconds that, uh, that Josh managed to get like a, a rhythm into it, yeah. but then he lost all the first, the, the next two rounds, sorry, the next two minutes of every round. So the judges need to be accountable for this. And, you know, it's not, I think Ariel Hwani's talked about this before, where, and I agree with this, in any other sport, judges or referees have their own press conference and they talk about what, what they've seen and why they've come to certain decisions. That needs to happen in boxing and it needs to happen in MMA because this is a game changer, both financially, legacy, from a career perspective for Jack Catterall, and it's been robbed from him. His family was there. For him to become the next undisputed champion who's also British, I mean, this would have changed his life. 
And now you've you've said it. Where does he go from here? Does is he strong enough to pick himself back up? Can Jamie Moore get him to fall in love with the sport again? Because he's been slapped in the face and he's been robbed of something that could have been a complete game changer for his life. And I feel terrible for him. I actually, I, I read his Instagram afterwards, I think the day afterwards, and he talked about it and, and about how sad he was. Um, and then he, he, he actually posted something on LinkedIn, bizarrely. And it was just, it was to the point, it was like, the judges have taken something away from me and my family that was going to set them up for the future. And I feel awful for them. But if we can look at Josh Taylor, if I can bring that up for a minute, look, we don't know what it's like to get, well, certainly I don't, I don't know what it's like to fight out my skin, to go 12, 12 hard rounds, to get knocked down. I imagine that in the heat of the moment, certain things make sense and certain things don't. But I felt that the post-fight press conference, there was still this indignation and almost chip on his shoulder from Josh Taylor. Ben Davidson didn't really do a lot to to give me, um, I guess, to, 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 to make me think that he he felt his man won. He was, he was being cagey about what he said, but Josh Taylor should have come out and said the following. One, it's a close enough fight, so I'm going to give Jack Catterall his due and I'm going to fight him again. The thing is, I get the weight issue, right? I felt, and it's easy to say, and I know I'm going here, there, and everywhere, but I needed to get this out because it's been pissing me off, right? <laughs> um, the, the, the situation is, right, if Josh Taylor had come out and said, right, it was a close fight and I think we need to run this back again, He's making a hell of a lot of money. Jack Carroll's making a hell of a lot of money. George Groves versus Carl Froch, for fuck's sake. The rematch was at Wembley. I'm not saying it's going to do Wembley, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's a lot that... I had, I had more people on socials that I did never expected watch boxing that were talking about it. And the fo- on the Monday, right, I'm going to sound like a fighter now here when I've got, I've got people coming up to me. <laughs> I had a client say... Did you watch that miscarriage of justice on 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 Saturday night? And I went, yeah. I was like, I didn't know you're a boxing man. He went, no, nah, I wasn't. I was just flicking through, and I felt and I was engrossed in the fight. Mm. Think about the bad blood and the storyline that goes into that. Sky Sports, Ben Shalom, boxer, new, next generation. They could really make this something. And I think Josh Taylor, I hate to say it, is taking an easy way out by going, nah, I'm walking out with all the belts. I did enough. There's no controversy here. I'm no fighting him, but I will. If I do fight him, it'll be at welterweight. Josh Taylor does need to go up to welterweight. And I, as a circling back, I thought he looked horse shit on the on the scales on Friday. I think there was something up with him. He was a shadow of himself, but regardless of that, Connor famously run it back with Nate Diaz. The same rules, the same weight, the the the, the same set of circumstances. If Josh Taylor was the true champion, he would do the same. Yeah, well, it, it's tough, and but a, a big factor in that, and and this isn't me saying, look, Josh Taylor's you know afraid of anyone or anything like that, but Josh Taylor, he will know deep down he got his ass kicked for twelve yeah. rounds there. Yeah, yeah, and he got away with it massively, hundred percent. So, and so if you think about it, he probably doesn't want that again. 
You see, he yeah. doesn't want to take the risk. And and look, I I'm not going to sit here and blame him because he might go to Welter Wales where he's going to fight Terence Crawford or someone like that. So you know what I mean. I'm I'm not going to slag him for that. But I think there probably is an element of that there. But I just, I just wanted to obviously say in terms of you know talking about repercussions on both sides, Jack Cattrall. I, I already said, look, it, what's going to stop him from never boxing again now? But you've seen how people that have not even had as harsh things happen to him have gone down a downward spiral. Look at someone like Scott Fitzgerald, who came off the two highest points of his career. Yeah. Look at him now, and look, I'm not condoning some of the things that I've read about what he's yeah. done and stuff like that. But it, it's a slippery slope, especially once you get into that world. And it'd be heartbreaking to see Jack Cattrall end up in the same way, but it's very easily done. And then when you talk about repercussions in terms of the judges, the, it, it's very similar. And I know this is boxing and MMA podcast, but if you look at sort of referees in football, and obviously we saw a mad decision with Man City and Everton at the weekend. Yeah. But I think because there's no repercussions, the worst thing that could happen for a boxing referee or a football referee is, all right, you'll get taken off this weekend's fixtures. All right. Yeah. And then someone else will cock up and everyone will forget about you and then we'll bring you on for the next fight or we'll bring you on for the next game. But if you allow referees and judges that, you know, a, a slap on the wrist, they've got an air of invincibility about them knowing I, no matter what happens here, I'll get a bit of shit and then I'll just carry on doing what I do normally. Yeah. There's no, right, you need an actual sitting down, right, you're suspended for six months. Or, yeah. you know, people like Adelaide Bird, some yeah. of the cards that can, she's come out with over the years, right? Yeah. She, she, I was watching something and she was a judge the other day. Yeah. Um. How, how, how on earth is she still a judge? Yeah. And, you know, you see things like this all the time. It's like, when's it going to get to the point? Like Ian, Ian John Lewis, he had the ridiculous scorecard, didn't he? Yeah. Um. Look, he's been around for years, Annie. I, I feel like you, you see a domestic fight being refereed and scored by Ian John Lewis. You know, that's part yeah. of sort of growing up watching boxing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, if there's no accountability for him, and surely there's a shelf life on the way he looks at boxing and the way he views a fight. Boxing yeah. evolves, same at MMA every single year. If you yeah. look at things like in MMA now, it's so wrestling heavy in comparison to maybe when it was very striking heavy five years ago or something like that. Boxing's the exact same. There's different styles, the different ways of winning a fight. Yeah. And if you've got people like Ian John Lewis, who have probably got all the knowledge in the world in regards to boxing, and this relates to Dan Raphael as well with all the fights that he's covered, just because you've, you're set in your ways and you think your way is the best way, the sport leaves you behind. Yeah. And there's so many examples of this that there needs to be a massive change. And I think you, you've said to me before about... There needs to be professionals, you know, at least two professionals, two, you know, approved judges, or me, and then someone that's not even ringside yeah. watching it. And yeah. then there's your scores. Yeah. You need to bring something like that in. And if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be, you know, a Ben Shalom and Sky. It's not going to be Eddie Hearn in the zone. They know they've got their path and it's going really well. They're not going to fuck yeah. up with their money. Yeah. Someone like Sky and Boxer to make a stand with it make a change they're going to get so much more respect for that and it makes it more watchable for us but i don't want to i don't want to get the tinfoil hats out and go all conspiracy theorists and stuff right but there's a couple of things and read into this as you will right on the broadcast on saturday night on three occasions it was made mention that the, the senior execs at top rank were there 
and Josh yeah. Taylor was on Bigger and Better Things, right? Now, no, I, I'm not boxing. There's elements of boxing being corrupt, right? Without a doubt, right? 100%. Big money in this, all of this, right? Now, I am not saying that they would influence that, but if you know that top rank executives there, essentially the number two and the number three of the company, apart from Bob Arum, are there to see essentially one of their golden boys, yeah, who's on a bigger and better things. He was going to use this as a platform to get into this superstar status and to start being a household name, right? Uh, with loads of money on the line, right? That if that's in the judge's head, right? And it's not even that they're even having a conversation with them, but if they're introduced to them before the night, oh, yeah, hi, I'm such yeah. and such, that isn't going to stick in their head because make no mistake, promoters and the UFC have been have had issues with this in the past where they've removed a referee or they've removed somebody from the Nevada State Athletic Commission, which they're not allowed to do, I might add, right? But Dana White has flexed his muscles, right? They can make life very difficult for you. And I said this um, on Monday to, to somebody else, right? This is quite a tidy gig for a judge, right? Yeah. I don't know how much they get paid, right? But this isn't their day... It tends to be it's not their day job, right? It's a nice little lucrative side gig that allows them the chance to, to be part of some big fights, right? If that stops because there's power brokers who influence the decision as to whether they get to referee or judge another fight again, right? You're going to st like basically stand in line and, 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 and take a stance and be influenced with your decision. Coupled with that, that was a cauldron on Saturday night, yeah? The Scottish crowd is phenomenal, as it always is, right? The noise was deafening. It was quite an intimidating um, environment to be in, and that will definitely sway the judge's decision. And for me, I think in a perfect world, what you need to do is you have five judges, you have two ex-pros in that, and you have three judges that are out of the arena and are watching with no commentary, but are watching on a big screen. And they're not in the same, they're not even in the same vicinity as each other. Now, I don't know the logistics of that, but that's how you scare, that's how you might score a fairer fight. Um, and we've seen in the UFC or, or MMA, uh, to, to be honest with you, where ex-fighters have then gone on to become judges. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's perfect. Herb Dean is an ex-heavyweight. And with a, a three and two record, um, and he isn't perfect, but for a while he is the mainstay of what a good referee is. Mm -hmm. um, and then Frank Trigg, who's an ex, uh, you know, welterweight legend, he is now on the circuit where he does referee. He's an excellent referee. Having somebody who's actually got real life fight and ability, and has been there, and can see it from a different view can see when a fighter's hurt, knows what the, the signs to look out for. That's what needs to happen in boxing. Um, and the last thing I want to say, the fight disciples, I have massive respect for. Yeah. Um, Nick Pete, uh, that's, that's the Scouse lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're probably not going to get a, a job with them now, by the way, just an FYI. Oh, I, just want to, I just want to go hard on the paint here, right? Nick Pete said to uh, IFL TV that, oh, this never happens in MMA. 
yes, it fucking does. And it <laughs> yeah. happened many times. George St. Pierre got off with an absolute fucking robbery against Johnny Hendricks. And that's just one that sprung my mind. So don't tell me that the MMA judges are, is, are, 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 are innocent compared to boxing. Because in the last six years alone, if I had done my, my research beforehand, so I apologize, I could give you countless stories. So Nick, Pete, start watching MMA for fuck's sake, because clearly you don't know what you're fucking talking about. Yeah, well, well to be fair, I appreciate that. I know he said that, because it's like, with, with them, because they've actually done quite well in the podcast that they released yesterday, haven't they, and holding a lot of this to accountability. But what my big thing is in terms of the difference between MMA and boxing, you hit it on the head. Dana White can flex his muscles. Yeah. Because it's the UFC or fucking nowhere. Yeah. So when it comes to the money spinners in Vegas, Nevada State Commission, they're not going to say where to Dana White. Same yeah. with California now and how they branch out in Texas, places like that. With boxing, that should not really be possible. No. There's other shows in town. Yeah. The or, or even in terms of the belt organizations and stuff like that. If you're fighting in Britain, the British Boxing Board of Control, Roger Smith, they should be incorruptible. Yeah. You get enough cash from all of them. Yeah. There's no one you've got to really answer to. Yeah. It would be much easier to implement as that system you were talking about where referees and judges don't have to be fearful of, oh, shit, if I fuck up here or if I don't give Josh Taylor the decision, then I'm not going to be on the AJ card in March or May or whatever, do you know what I mean? So that, that shouldn't be possible in boxing, which baffles me even more. It yeah. shouldn't obviously be possible in the UFC, but you can see why it is because yeah. it's a juggernaut. Whereas when it comes to boxing, it, there's no way this should be allowed to happen especially with no repercussions. No. And people who are judges and referees shouldn't be fearful of, oh, dickhead from top ranks here or Al Heyman's, you know, hanging above the arena like Sting in WCW. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like they, they should not be worried about that because they're there to do a job. Yeah. So that's what makes it even harder to swallow when it comes to boxing. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and look, at the end of the day, look, the, the, the black and white of this is somebody's career has can can now take a massive nosedive and you would like to think that isn't the case and in a perfect world you know uh Carroll would get a shot at one of the relinquished belts assuming that the Taylor rematch doesn't happen um as for Josh Taylor uh, I don't know where he goes from here I mean look I will like I said at the start that's a shell of a Josh Taylor. Now, there could be a lot of reasons for that. The knee injury was still there, potentially. He, he did look terrible on the scales. He looked as though he really struggled, and he never, ever really got out of, uh, of second gear um, on fight night. But he was also outboxed, and I, it was more so that Jack Catterall fought to the best of his abilities over Josh Taylor necessarily fighting to the best of his abilities. But... For me, in that, in that showing, he gets dealt with by every single upper-tier welterweight, be it in America or the US, uh, sorry, or the UK. Um, who, who's next for him? If he does decide, nah, that's me done, I'm, I'm, I'm off to welterweight now. Um, a, a couple of names that do spring to mind, if, if they can make it happen, David Avanesian, uh, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, Adrian Broner. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, look, if, 
if the Josh Taylor that stepped into the ring on Saturday gets in with Terence Crawford, it should the commission shouldn't even allow it. No, like that that would be the most brutal one side of beating you've ever seen. Same yeah. with Errol Spence as well. Yeah, and look, annoyingly, I think you know I think Josh Taylor and Top Rank will have a pathway sorted where I mean. Top rank and the WBO have always sort of been, you know, very close, haven't they? And I think that he'll find a way to. I, I could see in the horizon Crawford maybe having a super fight, maybe at light middle. And because if you look at it, Spence isn't going to find him. Spence yeah. is more than likely going to be have three of the belts, isn't he? Yeah. And I think if you Crawford, where to go from there? And I think. There's probably more money to be made for him, particularly in the US, if he moves up. Yeah. So I think what you could end up seeing is Josh Taylor against fucking Keith Furman or whatever for the vacant WBO belt. And look, that it'd be, it'd be a good fight to watch it. But again, it'd be for me, oh, look, he's won a belt at welterweight, but he hasn't earned it. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he, yeah. I'd like to see him go through a couple of these guys and I would say, Right, if you the next the second half of 2022, he fights Keith Thurman in the summer and he fights an Avanesian or a, um, you know, Danny Garcia, Sean Porter, someone like that, or yeah. Porter retired now. Oh, um, yeah. you know, someone like that that would be successful and then get a title shot the next year, absolutely fine. Um, re- realistically, if he is as good as he thinks he is, he should be fighting the winner of Spence Ugas or Crawford, and I just think that's going to end up really badly for him. I, I said it before um, this all went down, and I'll reiterate the point. Josh Taylor is 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 an outstanding talent from a UK perspective, but he, he is, unfortunately for him, he is living in a time and place in the welterweight division where Spence Jr. and Crawford are, and Terence Crawford, are that much better than anybody else. And I don't think even the, the best night Josh Taylor fights is anywhere near that of Terence Crawford or Errol Spence Jr. And that's a fact. And and look, I'm as again reiterate as proud as it comes as a Scotsman. And I love seeing my fellow compatriots do well. But I'm being real here. Josh Taylor isn't good enough to beat Terence Crawford. Fact. How, how much of it do you think is that was this his first fight with Ben Davidson? Yeah. How much do you think of it was how much of it do you think was down to that? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 ben Davidson is coming in for stick, and I don't, I, I don't, I don't see that. I, I rate Ben Davidson. I think he's a great, outstanding young trainer. Um, I, I think that there's definitely, without again being conspiracy theorist, I think there's definitely an injury still niggled him there, and I that then had a part to play in him trying to get down to the weight because again. He looked terrible. Now I said Kel Brook looked like shit in the uh, in the wins as well, and he obviously came up with the goods, which we can speak about later. But he didn't look good. He didn't look good. And 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 again, you know, he's never. Yes, he's always been big for the weight, but there's just certain times that you look at someone, and you go, "Oof, you've you've had a tough training camp." Yeah, yeah. No, no it's it's a strange one because I've seen. I mean. Ben Davidson's been getting called boxer size Ben on um, Twitter, hasn't he? Um, <laughs> no need. Like, he's a great... No, no, there's absolutely no need, is there? But there doesn't seem to be a lot of love lost for him in the, in, within for boxing fans. But, yeah, I saw... Because, well, obviously, McGuigan 
He used to be with McGuigan, didn't he? And yeah. I don't think uh, uh, people keep making the mistake of going to McGuigan and then leaving. He's a good trainer. He's a big trainer. He's a brilliant trainer, but he also takes all your money. So it's one of them where allegedly, allegedly, yeah. yeah sorry, allegedly. allegedly. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I don't know. It's 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 like you know, shagging the fittest bird at the dance, and then she rubs all your shit at the end of it. You know what I mean? And leaves you three pounds to get a meal deal the next morning. When, so. I, <laughs> I don't know what the answer is there. Um, so, look, we, there was actually some MMA over the weekend as well, which I think it just pales into, con- uh, you know, into consideration on the grand scheme of things. But Islam Makachev took on Bobby Green coming in at uh, you know, two weeks' notice to try and fight. Bobby Green was always up against it, let's be honest. I mean, stylistically, this was just never... To put, just to put it lightly, up against it. You yeah. had no chance of winning this, this was never, ever going to be, like... And I, I love Bobby Green, and I, I think we, we talked about him in the pod before, maybe having a, a bit of a Jorge Masvidal-like renaissance to his career, but Islam Makachev does Islam Makachev things. And uh, even with a full training camp, Bobby Green would have struggled. Now, Islam came out, said he wants the title shot. And if if you believe Dana White, uh, for what it's worth, has said that he is absolutely going to get the next title shot. One thing came out over this last 24 hours that I think would have been a game changer for how much value the fans see in Islam Makachev. Because at the moment, People are calling him like, you know, the Habib light, basically, the Diet Coke version of Habib, right? He's not very likable. Uh, he says all the same things that Habib thinks. And, you know, despite him finishing people, etc., there's just something that people don't warm him like they did with Habib. Now, RDA, uh, sorry, our, um, Rafael Dos Anjos has unfortunately lost his co-main event bout with... Uh, Raphael Fiziev, uh, a fan favourite of the uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we love him. Friend of the pod. Yeah, friend of the pod. Um, so uh, Islam came out and said, we've got unfinished business, you and I, let's fight at 170. If he had done that on a week's notice and gone out and smashed uh, RDS, I think people would go, holy shit, he's not fucking around. He's a gangster. He'll fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. And the UFC have robbed him of that chance um, and instead have put Renato Moikau in his place, which it doesn't make any fucking sense, uh, to be honest with you. And I think they've done him a disservice when really they could be building this brand and actually giving him some narrative about actually this is the guy, this is the bogeyman of this division, this is the one who is going to be the next Habib. Um, and and they've, they've messed up completely, in my opinion. Yeah, I see where you're coming from there, because, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I think I think you're like even Khabib. He found even that sort of proper fandom towards the, his last maybe four fights. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think even when he was on the come-up, no one really liked him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think part of that was because he was going after the golden boy, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just the time yeah. when everyone loved Connor, didn't he? And he was the best yeah. thing since sliced bread. And after their fight, I think he started to get fans. And with Islam, it's a similar thing, you know, they need a reason to like him. And yeah. he, he was he doesn't seem to give a shit whether you like him or not, type of thing. Yeah. So I think that he he absolutely doesn't deserve a title shot, by the way. No. But I, I, what 
he should have done either do what they're doing, you know, get, get do it at 170. Islam gets loads of fans. It's a fight that's been brewing for over a year now as well, isn't it? Yeah. Or if RDA wins at the weekend, which he really should, that put that in the summer. Yeah. RDA Islam, you've got well, Gage Oliveira hasn't been fully confirmed yet, has it? But it's maybe May, June. Oh, there's actually some, as you probably know yourself, there's a lot of fucking rumours that are yeah. pointing to that Mr. McGregor's going to be... I know, but well, this, this is part of me, one of me conspiracies, oh. yeah. So re- re- really what they should do is have them two fights and then, look, winner of RDA Makachev fights Gaethje, well, Gaethje versus Oliveira at the end of the year. Now, what would also be great is if they do... Makachev versus RDA or Gaethje. And then if you're the UFC, Oliveira versus Connor. Then you do Oliveira versus Connor with Adelaide Bedany and John Lewis as judges. <laughs> and then Connor Makachev at the end of the year. There's a narrative for you. I like it. I like it. I mean, look, I, I, I share your sentiment, right? Islam has done nothing, in my opinion, to get the next title shot. Never. And I think that Dana, etc., and the powers that be, they do, they do see him as the next Habib, and I think they want to, to continue to build that narrative around him. Um, but I will point out that if Charlie Olives, you know, Charles Oliveira, gets past Gaethje, if that happens, or Connor, whoever, this is the fight Islam Makachev versus Charlie Olives is a phenomenal fight. I mean, it, it is yeah. it is the version of Tony versus Habib that we might have got. In terms of stylistically, who knows what would happen if it goes to the floor because, you know, we've talked about this before. Islam's wrestling is super aggressive and he looks to finish you, be it a sub or a ground and pound. And that's where Charles Oliveira actually lives if it gets to the ground his defensive bjj and his offensive bjj is fucking phenomenal it's an amazing fight but it's one that i still think needs to build up yeah well i think you're right in a sense as well because i think makachev versus Oliveira would be a better fight than tony and khabib would have been purely because as you said Habib's wrestling was never the funnest thing to watch, was it? No. It was, you know, it was all about position, wearing you down. You might get a ground and pound or the submissions, which he started bringing in towards the end. Makachev wants to finish it. Yeah. So, obviously, in doing so, that does leave opportunities for Oliveira to use his defensive BJJ. Whereas if with Khabib, he doesn't give you that opportunity, he doesn't give you an opening. Whereas Makachev, it's there. You've yeah. just got to be super, super high level to find the gaps, and Oliver it is. I, I will say that I am disappointed that, again, another fan of the show, um, Benil Derayush, oh, yeah, didn't yeah. get a chance to, to go all sort of craziness on, on Islam. Because, again, I think he would have put up a damn better fight than Bobby Green, massive respect. You should rebook that. Huh? Well, they should. You should, you should yeah. rebook that for the summer. 100%. Uh, and, again, I think that, you know... Benil gets lost in the pack now. And I feel bad for Bobby Green. I mean, Bobby Green doesn't lose much stock because he's done the gangster thing and he's actually, you know, said, yeah, I'll, I'll fight him. But, uh, I mean, I just think now he goes, you know, another couple steps back 
you know, when when really there was about this leaping point for him after he the first man to stop Ally Quinta. Um, in terms of you know other noteworthy results, I thought the co-main event was fucking brilliant. Misha Serkinov getting a submission out of nowhere in round two against Wellington Truman. Um, again, you know, it was a fun fight night. Not, but given uh, the emotion that went into the following night um, or the previous night in the boxing, uh, my attention returned with that. Yeah. Um, in Bellator, we had Mr. Paige Van Zandt, Austin Vandelford, <laughs> unfortunately, meet a very much in prime Gegard Musasi. Gegard Musasi is the second best well, uh, middleweight on the planet. No doubts about it. And actually, he's getting better with age, uh, if that is such a cliche thing I can say. Yeah, I think he, he him, Whitaker, and Adesanya are a lot better than everyone else, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Musasi does seem to... I'd, lo- I'd love to see Musasi versus Adesanya. Fucking hell. What be a, a fight. Be a great fight. Be a great fight. Be amazing. Uh, and unfortunately, we'll never get it. Uh, yeah. I do think he is... He can stake his claim as the second best welterweight and uh, middleweight in the planet for sure. Um, we had Lawrence Acoli getting a, a win on Sunday. Uh, look, they didn't do a lot to market this fight, and I think that again, the zone and Eddie Hearn have got a lot to answer for. Um, given that Lawrence Acoli, they talk about him being you know the next big thing in London, and he potentially would be heavyweight um, down the line. I, I was shocked when I read in the paper, holy shit, this is on a Sunday night. Yeah. Really, really didn't do himself any favours in terms of, it's a tough, gritty win for him, but not not the most entertaining. Well, given most, most, he, he won the belt with a knockout, didn't he? So everyone was like, oh shit, he turned the corner now. Yeah. No. You know what <laughs> I mean? He, 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 he just, he fought like Lawrence Ticoli does fight, you know what I mean? And, Look, I've grown to not expect much else from him. But if he keeps winning, fair play to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, last week, look, I'd be remiss if we, you know, we didn't get the chance to, for for various reasons, to to go in in depth on Kel Brook and Amir Khan, and then post fight, etc. I wish we did because you know I fucking told you, yeah. uh, L is the real deal. But all I'd say is that I, I've watched the fight again. Um, Amir Khan was there for a paycheck. Make no mistakes about it. Uh, massive heart shown him, you know, and look, his career is set, his legacy is set. Uh, I want him to retire now. Uh, he isn't the same fighter as he was 10 years ago. Um, and I still stand by, I think, even in 2014, 2012, the same thing would have happened. He's too careless um, and Kel was too position based, and would have would have smoked him ten years ago as he did now. With Kel Brook, my final thing I'd say, Kel, please retire. Right? Yeah, yeah. Do not go and do a stupid fight against Eubank Junior. Eubank Junior, you deserve a fucking slap. By the way, yeah. why are you getting yourself involved with smaller opponents? You should be concentrating on fighting the Charlos, the GGGs, etc. Go and chase Canelo, right? Pick on someone your own size. But please, 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 Kel, do not be taken in by Eddie Hearn and Conor Ben because Conor Ben would hurt you. And I don't want to watch him get knocked out. Yeah, I think he should retire himself, but he's not going to because there's far too much money to be made. And Kel, you saw Kel's eyes light up again and 
You know what I mean? He, he absolutely loves it. But I think with Eubank, you don't expect anything unless he's got no interest in fighting the top light, middle or middleweight. If he can make cash outside of that, look, he, he, he's never going to go there. But with and Conor Ben, that's just going to be horrible. Be no, no amount of money will be worth what he could potentially do to Kel Brook. They're, they're, they're just, you know, polar opposites in their career. Like, Conor Ben has an empty belly, a chip on his shoulder, a point to prove, is is got his eyes on the prize of what his next two, three years could be roadmapped out. This is just cannon fodder for him. And as much as Kel can feel like, oh, I'm back, baby, and stuff, yeah. no, you're not. This is fleeting. You beat a shell of his former self, Amir Khan. And whilst, again, I go back to it, I still think he would have done it 10 years ago. You 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 beat somebody who wasn't truly up for it. And I feel, I, I, I un, when Amir came out afterwards and said, listen, I think I've lost the love for the sport, I believe him. I don't think that was an excuse. I believe that he doesn't have it in him anymore. He doesn't. He's got 50 million in the bank. Why the fuck? Would he care anymore? He's done it. And you, I know you're a big, big Khan fan and you talk about his legacy and stuff. I think he was actually, you know, massively lucky to, to have the career that he did because I still think he's very limited. Um, but again, it's easy to say now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wish we'd done it. I wish we'd done it. I wish we'd been going back and forth on this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But it's done now. And I just want both of them, they've both got families and I want them to ride off in the sunset because now, Pell Kel, sorry, has reached the pinnacle, right? He's done, he's done what he needed to, right? He had that chip on his shoulder for years. Everybody's saying Amir Khan's better than him. Amir Khan going on to have the career and the success that he did. What more does Kel Brook have to prove, right? Because even if he did, you know, even if he did beat Connor Ben, right? Which is massively unlikely. What's next? What does he do next? He goes then he goes and picks on Eubank Jr. And he, Eubank Jr. would fuck him up as well. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, there's just there's just no path that I see it comes out as a happy ending. And I'm being real there because I don't think Hellbrook necessarily looked good either. He still took far too many shots from Amir Khan that if Amir Khan had been the, the, the Amir Khan that we know, that might have caused him some trouble. Um so the reflexes are not there now. I think he he he's a he's not had the same sort of damage, but if you think about the eye injury, etc., and yeah. everything that he's gone through, and you know, I think we've talked about before, he's known for not necessarily he's not Ricky Hatton-esque, but he's known for not exactly looking after himself outside yeah, yeah. The, the, the 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 ring. He does look puffy, etc. Just leave it, mate. You've made a lot of money. I mean, the 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 rumors have come out um, now that 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 did seven figures in terms of pay per view numbers, and it's only. Uh, I, I thought I thought it was five hundred k. So they've said that uh, it did. Uh, it, it's the biggest event outside an AJ fight, um, and from Sky Sports for fifteen years, and it did one point one million viewers. Oh, I I because I, I saw the thing from Umar from IFL and he said apparently Adam Smith told them it was five hundred k or something. But, but I mean, even so, you know what I mean. It, it, even it, like even so, if it's up there, I made up for them. I want yeah, them I, to be in because I, I think when I saw it, I was like, I'll be interested to see what numbers Fury and White do in comparison to this. Yeah. To be fair, yeah, 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 
especially with White not turning up to the presser. But I made up for that they, they got pay per view numbers. I'm, I'm honestly, I bought it. So yeah, I, I, look, I, I I was excited for it. I I, yeah, I, yeah. I was still when they went down the the ring and it was tense. You didn't know what to expect. So I hope both of them got paid, and I hope Kel's got the right people behind them to tell him it's done now, mate. You're mm. done. Um, but you know we've been down this pathway with countless boxers. It ain't gonna happen, and it's oh, sad. Yeah. No way. Um, <clears throat> so look, this weekend is UFC two seven two. Um, Kobe versus Jorge Masvidal. Is I, I want to point out now the UFC have done a great job in creating the countdown show. And if anybody hasn't watched it yet, please do. This is honestly, it felt like a build up to WrestleMania. Like, yeah. you know, created this narrative about best friends now, enemies. And I know it's obvious, I knew they were going to go down this route, but listen, it, it for, for where Colby and Jorge are in their career and the fact that they've been both on two occasions outclassed by the champ Usman it's got me caring about it and and, yeah. it, and it's going to have a lot of people caring about it um, and fair play to them because I think what the statistic is um, none of them have beat a top five welterweight in their career No, I think that's harsh on Covington though because then when when Covington got his title shots, he deserved them. You know what I mean. He he was the best guy in for circumstance. And then yeah. if you think about when, in between having the first fight and the second, he wasn't going to drop down and fight fucking you know Wonder Boy or something like that. Just in the meantime, he knew he was the guy. The narrative was there. He's better than everyone else. Like so, I, I understand that. But it is it is interesting that neither have. Yeah, so like Colby's biggest win from a ranking perspective was Damian Maya at seven, and then RDA was actually eight at the time when he won. No, he was he was sorry, RDA was six and he won okay. the UFC championship, and then he was later stripped of it, obviously. Um, so I mean, look. Regardless, it's a grudge match. Um, I think it's a bad night for Jorge. I hate saying that. I don't. Ex- I, I expect uh, Colby to tire him out, and oh, I'm actually predicting it's going to be a, a Colby stoppage. Um, really? later, yeah, and I hate saying that because I love Jorge. And I, watching, I don't know if you've seen the Stephen A. Smith um, back and forth yet. No, uh, I haven't. So there's there's going to be something that's come out on YouTube. Um, Stephen A. Smith did a, a show on ESPN last week, pre-recorded, and Colby and Jorge go back and forth with each other, and Jorge is dropping bombs, talking about how Colby's got like. Uh, he's due money from loan sharks in Miami, starts naming all these people. It's fucking wrestling, pro wrestling at its best. Honestly, yeah. it is brilliant. So it's going to come out in the next 24 hours, I think. Um, but I just don't think it's a good night for Jorge. Jorge makes a lot of money for this, which is great. And I do think it will do gangbuster numbers, but it's not a good night for him. Yeah, I know it's hard because I always sort of get bled by my love for Jorge every time. I know, I know, I know. 
I, I'm going to side with Jorge. I think he's going to stop him. But, um, look, I mean, that's me heart talking. My head says that Colby just wrestle fucks him for five rounds. But yeah. I think I think I think Jorge. He seem. I like Jorge in these situations. He stays quite calm. You know what I mean. Yeah. And I think even though the whole Covington and Usman thing wasn't real bad blood, that you know what I mean. It, it was. It wasn't. There wasn't a history there, you know, that Farty Juiceman or whatever, Marty Juiceman or whatever, Fake Newsman or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Look, that was all just bollocks, weren't it? But you can tell with Jorge, he means it. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't much bullshit with him. So I think there might be an element with Colby of shit. And and, and that's not in in the sense of, like, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to fight him, but just more in the... This is real. Everyone in Jorge's team looks at me and fucking hates me. Yeah. Jorge keeps saying as well, he doesn't like not being liked. You know yeah. what I mean? All he's ever doing is begging for approval off people. Yeah. So I think there is actually a real element there which could work in Jorge's favour. Obviously, the smart money's on Covington decision, but I think Masvidal could stop him. If I mean, my, my worry is, if Jorge hits him, he ain't stopping. Like, yeah. He's he's mad. I mean, he yeah. is. He's, you can tell that this is this is. There's not bullshit. And like, uh, um, one of my mates said, "Oh, uh, you know they're going to shake hands and embrace afterwards." I went, "No, no nah, fucking way." It doesn't matter who wins. They yeah. ain't doing that. They're, this is genuine bad blood. And I yeah, I'm talking about it's pro wrestling 101 and stuff. But there's there's just this element. And actually, I'd be very interested. There's a press conference on. Thursday when they'll first they'll meet each other like if I was Colby and Dana White for example they need to be split up because yeah. I don't know what Horry's capable of mm. <laughs> that's a scary scary thought I just think it's interesting because I think the winner of this is between a rock and a hard place because I think what ends up happening is the winner is going to be fed to um Hamzat yeah 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 you know, like you're not getting out of that. Yeah. Uh, so look, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think look, the the card itself is brilliant. I mean, it's got Edson Barbosa versus Bryce Bryce Mitchell, which will be a fucking banger for as long as it uh, goes on. Kevin Holland, friend of the show, is fighting yeah. Alex Oliveira. Uh, Greg Hardy, your favorite fighter, is back. Um, why, why is he on the main card? Sir? I know. Well, it's all dropped, dropped off. I mean, that fight's going to be awful as well. Yeah, I know. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> uh, we've got Brian Kelleher fighting in the, the, the mm-hmm. early prelim card against Umar Namagamadov, who just came out of uh, a sub uh, a couple of weeks ago. Tim Elliott's fighting. It's it's a brilliant, brilliant card. Um, and I, I, I just hope it, it delivers. Yeah, I think it will, to be fair. I think mean, there's too much quality on it to not. And obviously, RDA is going to be against Moicano or whatever. Yeah. Which, yeah. Eh, you know what I mean? But, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and finally, look, we've got in boxing, uh, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez is fighting uh, Julio Sar- Cesar Martinez. Um, it's on the zone. We'll get it either, you know, the same night or later on. Um, the one final thing, and you briefly touched upon it, I watched the Tyson Fury press conference today without Dylan White. What a fucking odd press conference. Yeah. What is Dylan White playing it? Like, really? I, I don't mind it, though. I think if you look, if you're Dylan White, you're going to try and get every advantage as possible in this fight, right? And 
this will help him. The fact that he's been, he feels like he should have been paid more. Yeah. Just staying away and being the one that's upsetting the process. It's always Fury, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's, you know, dressing up as Batman or having all the cards in his hands. Yeah. It's all in White's hands now. You know what I mean? He's just like, you're waiting on me to do this for you. I'm not going to do it. And all this shit. And, and, but I'm like, fair play. You, you, you're trying. If you're locking yourself away and you're training, you're doing this and you're not beating to the sound of Fury's drum, go for it. I hope it works for you, genuinely. I'm going to stick my neck out on the line. And this is not because I'm a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. Mm. I'm going to go and say, Dillian White knocks out Tyson Fury. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he catches him. I think he's the right. He's. The, we've talked about this time and time again. More so than AJ, he's the right kind of crazy to go, do you know what? Fuck this. And he might end up getting caught himself. And it wouldn't surprise me if Fury even stops him. But I just think he is just going to keep coming and coming and coming. And eventually, he's going to catch. Fury's, like, Fury's a great boxer. Get it? I, I'm, I'm sold on that now. Don't, don't worry about that. But I think, I think White lands clean. And I think, he, I think he shocks the world. I mean, I, I think it would be amazing if that happened. I, do, I love Tyson Fury. Don't get me wrong, but I think if that happened, it'd just be fucking ridiculous. It'd just be bananas. <laughs> Imagine how much the fucking axis of the world spins on its fucking head, yeah. given what we were hoping for. And boxing doesn't give a fuck about matchups. Yeah. Because uh, we don't know what's going to, you know, obviously there's potential World War Three going on um, mm. as we speak. Um, and I just want to say right here now that Usyk, Lomachenko, the Klitschko brothers, Massive respect for sticking there, being in the front line, amazing. And actually, it's getting to the point now where I'm like, actually, I'd love fucking Usyk to go and fucking fuck up AJ now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's an actual war hero. Um, so we don't know when that fight's going to happen. If it does take place now, and there's more important things in this world to worry about than than silly boxing fights. But you know, testament to those guys being hard as nails and and putting yeah, again. I think the things that are going out in social media is the Klitschko brothers are millionaires. They could have left the Ukraine and they decided to bear arms and, and go for it. So, you know, I hope, I hope that that gets resolved. Yeah. So do I. All the best right. to them. Excellent, Sammy. We're back now. We are supposed to do a, a Mayweather special. It's a little bit of a, a, a new thing that we're going to create. We haven't had the chance to do it in the past couple of months, weeks, for a whole myriad of reasons, more so on my side than than Sammy's, but we will get round to that probably by the end of next uh, this month. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sounds good. Peace. Peace and love. Ciao. We're out. I sound like Shaw Bear. Fucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cheers, Sammy. In a bit, man. Bye bye. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>